Welcome to the Front Stretch, presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs, online at joeskarting.com. Fast-paced white-knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Karting today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. I think we got a pretty short show lined up for you. Uh, not a lot of headlines and um, just a bunch of local races to promote. So uh, we'll get to that after we sit down with the heir apparent to Eagle Raceway, Racine Thompson, joining us on the show tonight. And Racine, I got kind of called out by the, uh, the quick time guys because they had your dad on the show a couple of weeks back and uh, they must have forgot that we've had him on like every year for uh, 10 years. And I thought, you know what? We need to talk to the next generation, the the one that's kind of seemed to be taken over Eagle Raceway. So uh, if you don't mind, kind of talk a little bit with the fans about kind of the transition is, is your dad is kind of stepping back and you're kind of stepping into the, that role. Uh, yeah, you know, dad's kind of well he's getting older and i think that eventually he wants to kind of retire from some things um he doesn't want to retire fully from you know the racetrack deal but uh you know he he ended up giving my my brother um a transmission shop um a long time ago so maybe he just felt bad for me i don't know no i <laughs> no i i i work I mean, I, I work pretty hard. I mean, I miss, you know, there's been a lot of things I've missed over the years, weddings, you know, everything we commit every Saturday, every Friday, all week. Um, so, uh, I guess it's just, you know, I, he felt like it was time to pass on the torch to somebody else. And, um, but like I said, he, he's not going nowhere. He's he's going to be around as long as he lives, he says. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like your brother got the better end of the deal. He got a transmission shop and you got an incredibly finicky time suck of a question mark if you're going to make any money this week. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, it's always a gamble. But, uh, you know, it's the racetrack is has grown into something, you know, every year I feel like it grows. Um I, I actually kind of worry about the, you know, car counts going down everywhere that that concerns me. But otherwise, if you look at like the go-kart track and everything, it's flourish flourishing. I mean, the car count has doubled there uh, in a year. So that means that there's at least kids getting into it and there's the future of our sport. So then it makes me not so worried. <laughs> what do you guys see in there? Is it drivers from the big track coming down to the to mini e because it's more of a cost effective sport uh a form of racing or are you seeing new people completely new people getting into the sport well a lot of it's um drivers children um you know getting their kids into it but there's a lot of people that don't race you know that are just getting their kids into the sport like i have a employee that lives down the street um that i think there's like four of her kids that just got go-karts this year and they're all racing you know just just new people um you know a lot of people were like oh well you know with i-80 closing down you'll get all their go-karts well it's it's not just those go-karts that are showing up it's there's a ton of new ones so are you guys getting some uh, sunset speed, a little sunset speedway spill over some of the drivers that were racing there on Thursdays and are coming to Eagle on Fridays? Uh, yeah, there's there's a few, there's a few of them. Yep. Because it, it, a lot of people talked about that with, you know, the end of last season and beginning of this season. Well, all those drivers from I eighty are just going to go down to Eagle, and I'm like, I, and I'm talking about the big track. I'm like, I, I don't think that's the case because 
you know, of all of the classes, there was maybe five or eight drivers that did double duty on Fridays and Saturdays. There's no guarantee that those drivers on Friday night at IED Speedway are going to come down and race at Eagle on Saturday. No, um, I actually really hate seeing racetracks close. I'm that's why I guess the car counts everywhere kind of worry me. I mean, our car counts still pretty good, but you know, looking at other tracks and kind of like, oof, I hope that ours don't get like that. I don't know how you survive at that point. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and you got to have the weekly racing to have the series racing. Um, you got to have tracks to go to. So the, the weekly racing is the bread and butter for these tracks. So I hope that people continue to support them. Um, with I-80 closing, you know, I kind of was actually thinking a lot of people would just, because a lot of people just like racing I-80, just like a lot of people just like racing Eagle, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of figured a lot of them would just sell their stuff, you know, not just go somewhere else. But I don't know if that, I, I guess I don't really, I didn't really see exactly what happened. I'm sure they did go somewhere else, but. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's interesting to me because there's, what, 12 miles that separated those two tracks, but you literally could not get any more different of racetracks. It, it, the, the culture at the two tracks was different. The, the Obviously, the size and the banking and, and, and the format, it, it just it was two totally different tracks. So I, I think if maybe you guys were aligned a little bit more and did more similar things that maybe there would have been this this crossover between the two tracks but they were just two totally independent tracks that really just maybe once in a great moon would affect each other correct yep one of the well, things that, that started at the sanctioning body too because uh the kaziskis were long and always had been nascar where eagle had its history with imca so um, that was a big separation, believe it or not. I kind of disagree with that because a lot of the rules that I-80 ran were basically IMCA rules. But it had no IMCA sanction. The IMCA right. rules were just to allow the local cars to race there because they were all IMCA. Every every place around was IMCA, Harlan, yeah. Denison. I Corning. see what you're saying. If you want to run for IMCA points, using a Friday night at I-80 would be counterproductive. Correct. It'd be absolutely be counterproductive. Racine, one of the things uh, you guys were working on this year to try to help kind of offset that dwindling car count we've seen throughout the the Midwest and the entire country was the increased purse. And it worked for a couple of weeks, but it kind of seems like maybe people have forgotten about it, or maybe we're getting into the summer, the heat of the summer that it that people are starting to kind of sporadically hit races. But it's the, the car counts really are getting not at eagle i'm not not saying eagle it's it's still really good car counts compared to the rest of the country but where everyone else is getting five or ten cars in a class eagle's still hitting that 20 mark but it's getting tougher to hit that 20 mark yeah um we kind of did that bonus as more of well as a bonus you know you're it was supposed to be more of a reward than you know hope you know hoping to bring more cars i guess because those sport mod guys, holy crap. I mean, they're dry. They have C features every night. Mm-hmm. They're driving yeah. against a lot of cars. They, they should be paid more. I, I think, um, in the, like for a while there, the sprint car class, you know, they were, um, bringing 30 or more cars. Uh, mm-hmm. when you're racing against that many cars, you, you should be rewarded, I think. But, um, that was kind of the point of that. Not really. I don't know if it would, bring more cars or not and yes once you the car counts always very good at the beginning of the year but 
you know, then I think tensions rise or, you know, somebody wrecks somebody or, you know, something always happens. And then there's, it dwindles down throughout the season. Yeah. And then those damn families get involved and you got to go do family events and. uh... Well, you're crashing your car and you you (laughs) might not have the money to fix it. I mean, you really see that when you hit the end of August, you know, guys are just out of, out of parts, out of money. Um, but I think that's hitting a little earlier these last couple of years. Yeah, it it could be. Um, it actually seems like uh, sometimes towards the end of the season, it picks up again. Um, I, I guess I don't really know why that is. I know with our sprint car class, that's probably because they're getting ready and want to test stuff out for sprint nationals, you know, coming more from Iowa or Kansas or wherever. But um, I mean, it, it does seem like it actually does pick up towards the end of the season again i think it's just the middle of the year uh kind of more like during graduation season there's you know less cars and fans even um so i mean it it is what it is but it's kind of always been that way i think yeah well you get a lot of guys try to come out late and uh you were talking about testing you know with the sprint cars for the nats but you got guys testing and trying to get things set up to go to boone also true very true yep when you talk about the 30 car uh, bonus for again, we're talking about the, the added money to the purse for any class that brings 30 or more cars. Uh, it gets spread out pretty evenly through the, through the a feature and even down into the B feature. I think the top four, maybe top five non-qualifiers uh, get a little bit of money. Uh, is that something that when it was announced, you guys were talking about maybe running it through, I want to say it was June and kind of reevaluating and see if you feel like it, it worked or not. Is that something you're still looking at or you're going to continue through the season? Um, It was actually just supposed, or, you know, it was going to be through May, but we decided to just continue that for, well, the foreseeable future, because, um, you know, usually if 30 cars show up, they're bringing fans too. So hopefully mm-hmm. the, I guess the other point is, is, you know, those 30 cars are hopefully bringing fans to you know buy food and drink and all that and hopefully that pays for that extra purse money yeah what are some of the stuff that that you have begun to transition and and take over on a daily basis and weekly basis at eagle that maybe your dad would have typically handled in the past um you know i really haven't taken over a lot of my dad's stuff um because i i think he still likes he still likes doing it you know he he wants to be there he wants to do that stuff um and like I said, even when I fully own the track, I, I think he still wants to work there. It sounds like, you know, he just wants to get a paycheck and do what he normally does. Um, <laughs> but, you know, working with like the high limit guys, though, it, it, I heard a lot more racing than I did Roger. And that's kind of honestly what got me started on this whole deal. It was like, well, maybe we need to get racing on the show, because first off, I don't think you've ever come on the show before, which is a, a bad thing on on us of just reaching out to you and, and, and having you on the show. Cause you're, you're an integral part of Eagle, but it kind of feels like you're more involved in the, maybe the daily uh, decision processes. Yeah. I mean, if anybody needs anything, I usually have the answer. I, the only thing I don't know how to do, I don't know how to do track prep. Um, you know, I don't know how to do some of the mechanical type stuff, I guess that my dad does. Um, but Pretty much, I mean, any position at the track, I've worked it, uh, besides maybe announcing. I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> oh, it's Just ask anybody. It's easy. 
<laughs> yeah, right. Banana, I can do that. <laughs> That's funny. And, no, I mean, have... I just, I mean, when I was, I think, how old was I? I don't even know. Uh, 17 years old or whatever. When my parents first bought the track, uh, I was actually, I was a bad kid. I was in boarding school, by the way. Wow. Uh, so uh, my when I I'd come home to visit like once every two months or whatever, and I'd have to come, they had just bought the racetrack. I'd have to come work at the racetrack when I was there. So, you know, I just started off by, you know, doing the VIP gate line or something like that, you know, something simple, but every time I was there, I was doing something different. And I just kind of, when I graduated high school and all that, I just, uh, started working there and, and then I started working at the office during the week and just kind of gained more and more control from there. So slowly taking over the empire. Yep. Yep. It's gotta, <laughs> you got to, you got to learn everything. And Have then, you, you know, mom, I mean, mom and dad, they were, or cause it was my mom and dad that originally owned it. Now, mm -hmm. you know, now it's dad and I, but, um, you know, they, I guess I, I learned a lot from my mom. So my mom, my, my mom was the meaner person. My dad was the nicer person. My mom was the the business side of the operation, you know? <laughs> I can't, I honestly, I, I, I know your dad a lot better than your mom, but I, I can't believe that's true. <laughs> I shouldn't that say, is... I shouldn't say meaner person, but she was, you know, she was the one that wasn't afraid to, you know, put her foot down. I remember yeah. one time at the payout window, uh, cause you know, she always was the one that, uh, you know, got all that ready for the drivers mm -hmm. and whatnot. But anyways, one of the drivers, uh, was at the payout window, I don't know, complaining about something going off, going off. And then I remember my mom hung her head out the window and pointed at him and said, see this guy here? He's the reason none of y'all are getting paid tonight. And <laughs> closed the window. <laughs> she had enough. I think she just got tired of it. And that, and the job is very taxing. I mean, you don't, I don't get a lot, you know, none of us get a lot of time with our families and, and friends. I actually, I don't have friends, you know, um, <laughs> well, you hired I, all I, your friends. Yeah. I mean, I, I live, <laughs> I live for this. This is what I live yeah. for. So yeah. have you had the conversation with Nate that he's eventually probably going to take over a lot of this mechanical aspect that your dad hasn't, hasn't, uh, unleashed to you quite yet. Cause I uh, see Nate being the, the, the track prep guy. Maybe someday. Um, I don't know. I, Nate has his own thing going on right now. I think he wants to continue racing for a few years. Uh, one of his kids has started racing. Uh, well, all of our kids race go-karts, but one of the middle boy started racing a stock car. And I think he really likes that. And I think Nate could see himself being more of a car owner someday, but um, I know he would like to help more, but you know, right now he doesn't really have time. So. So are you telling me Jeffrey's going to be the track prep guy then? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> right right now, he's the one that picks up trash on Sundays. Well, I tell okay. you, they, I don't tell him I said this, but he's a hardworking kid. He is. He's a very good kid. They're we all got... very good kids. I got all of them working out there now. <laughs> I know you do. Yeah, it's, we got to know Jeffrey pretty well when he was running the streaming service, when Eagle had their own streaming service a few years ago. And and then, uh, then he got moved into different positions and we see him run around the racetrack, but I never hesitate to give him a hard time. Yeah, no, <laughs> he, he does a good job. So.
So, so what what do you got cooking for the next? I don't know, year, two years, couple of years. What do you What are you working on in the back of your head? Well, I I don't really know. My my biggest, like I said, but my my biggest thing that I think that we need to work on is our is trying to get the car count up. But I don't know how we do that yet. (laughs) Whenever you figure it out, you'll be a rich person. That yeah, that's my vision, but I don't know how to get to it. So, but you you and I were having a conversation. I think a day or two after the uh, the high limit series that I I. I'd asked if you guys had worked on uh, starting on, on bringing them back for 2024. And you said, yes, but I think before we do that, we need beer cart, beer, uh, satellite beer carts and more parking. <laughs> Where are you yes. going to find more parking at? Um, well, we actually, um, we are thinking, or we're, we're working on purchasing some land um, to the West. So it, the parking lot would be expanded to the West. Uh, but we need to be able to get a loan for that. So <laughs> we we're working on it. We got now's, some ideas for that. Now's not a good time for loans. Boy, those yeah. interest rates are. Whew. Yeah, they're pretty bad. But yep, no, we're we're working on it. We got ideas. It's not going to happen this year. I was, I, you know, it'd be really nice to get that done for Race Saver Nationals because that Sunday crowd is. Whew, that's yeah. a pretty good one. Yeah, um, that is. But yeah, I, I don't think that's going to happen this year. Uh, next year, I think it. I think we'll have more parking. Speaking, of- I don't know if like everybody just like this, you know, got off work and drove out themselves. Well, <laughs> I, I think the biggest thing, and this has just been a personal irritation of mine. If people would learn how to park, you'd save a lot of space. <laughs> yeah, you don't need six feet between you and the car next to you. You need two feet, and yes, it's a little tough to squeeze out of the car, but it's courteous to everybody else around you. Anyways. That's a personal irritation of mine was I'm bouncing around a bar and in, 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 uh, Casey's all over Omaha uh, every day. Let's talk about those race saver nationals coming up August 31st, September 1st, 2nd and 3rd ticket sales. Uh, I, what's the ETA on getting uh four day passes up and uh, camping stuff and all that kind of fun stuff. Well, we're a little behind on this. Usually we have all this done by June 1st. So I'm hoping by the end of the week, we have registration open for drivers um, so that they can start, you know, getting their pit stalls and all that as well. Uh, Four day passes. I'm hoping by hopefully midweek next week. Um, I'm, I'm not really sure what the price is this year. I want to say that they're about 60 bucks for a four day pass, which is pretty damn good. Um, And then uh, for camping, I have some bad news on camping so far. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if we're going to have um, electrical this year. Oh, so um, I mean, it might just be, you know, you pay 20 bucks and we park you somewhere and you camp. I'm not really sure yet. You got to bring your own on, generator. I'm working on that because, uh, yeah, the the company last year that we had isn't isn't going to provide the generators anymore. So, oh, that's tough. Yep. Darn it. So yeah. we're, we've been working on some other ideas and we'll see what happens with that. So that's again, August 31st is uh Thursday night and then uh, Friday, September 1st, 2nd and 3rd wraps it all up. Um, this coming Saturday is a new event and you're doing the trailer races <laughs> and, and pre-registration has closed. So can you give us a little bit of insight on, on who's going to be driving or is that something that's going to get established Saturday night? 
Well, um, they're not like, you know, the bus races where we select our drivers to drive them or anything. They're actually people that build their own stuff, you know, okay. like demo derbies and whatnot. Uh, I'm actually really excited about this because I, I actually wanted my husband to build one because you can actually have a passenger in these. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> oh my God. I mean, I was like, you could drive and I could be your passenger. It'd be awesome. And then my dad's like, no, absolutely not. Like, <laughs> Shoot. Nah. But anyways, um, I mean, it's kind of cool. It's they, it's not really a race. They're trying to knock the trailer off the other person's tow vehicle. That's the object. Okay. The last one with their tow vehicle remaining is the winner. This so. is going to be interesting with the high banks of Eagle. Yes, it will. This will be awesome. This <laughs> Saturday night, the trailer races, and it's also a Father's Day, so... I am currently trying to put together my best father's, uh, my best dad costume. And uh, I've got a fresh list of uh, bad dad jokes to entertain everybody with too. So uh, dad that costume, yeah, I don't know what this is, are you going to like put on a beer belly or what are you doing? I already got that. <laughs> That's built in. <laughs> no, it's going uh, sandals, uh, bleach white socks. Uh, sandals and socks. Yep. Uh, khaki pants that don't go below the kneecaps. Polo t-shirt, uh, bad Oakley sunglasses, and I'm prop. I gotta find myself a cell phone belt clip, and I think the uh, the costume will be complete. And that's oh, gonna be one of those. What's that? I got one of those. Same right. phone. Oh, I might have to get a hold of that. I might have to get that get that with you. Uh, EagleRaceway.com for information on weekly races and uh, to get set for uh, uh, tickets in advance and announcements also. Um, yeah, I, I think that's all I got for you. Uh, Thursday night or a Friday nights at uh, Mini E seem to be going great. You guys are getting a tremendous car count. I saw a couple of weeks ago, you had over 130 carts. Yeah. Yep. It's kind of been nuts. I, I've actually been trying to think of how to make this go faster because we've been getting over pretty late. I was thinking maybe we need to start going to like a draw redraw policy or something <laughs> on those. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's a good problem to have. Out. Yep. Yep. The next generation is filling up nicely. Drop one lap off of every race. Yep. <laughs> All right, Racine, you got anything else for us? Anything you need to talk about? Uh, I don't think so. It mm. does sound like the high limits are probably going to be back next year so i don't know why they wouldn't be that was i think that was a great event for everybody yep yep so if anybody was excited about that they're probably coming back judging by well the put, go ahead you might as well put a plug in if you're still hiring people <laughs> oh oh yeah yeah we're well we're always hiring people <laughs> i don't know if we can it seems like we can never get enough people so yeah it's tough these days but uh yeah. Uh, what's the best way to get a hold of you if if somebody's interested in uh, applying out of Eagle? Uh, just call the office phone number. Okay. Yep. All righty. Racine Thompson, always appreciate you coming. Uh, always right. appreciate you talking to you. So thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Bye. Have a good night. Thank you for the All right. Once again, Racine Thompson uh, of Eagle Raceway. I thought it was kind of important to have her on because, you know, much like uh, a lot of people gave Joe Kaziski the credit, there's a lot of stuff that Lisa did in the background that she didn't get noticed for because Joe was kind of the face of I-80 Speedway. And the same thing with Steve and everybody that worked at I-80 Speedway. If something happened, and especially if it was good, uh, it was Joe this and Joe that. And uh, and I, I felt like it was important to kind of start pulling Racine into the limelight and saying, 
she's pulling a lot of the strings and, and doing a lot of the stuff in the background and, and making a big difference at an Eagle. Yeah. Um, but like she said, she's been doing it. She say since 2000 and well, she said she was 17 when her folks brought the track. Yeah. And I think they bought it in 05 or 06. I want to say 06. Yeah, it was right around. I, I just know it was after I quit doing all the NASCAR stuff and that was in 05. So it, yeah. it very well could have been 06. So she's been at it a while. So, yeah. you know, um, the last few years when I've subbed or well, one year I worked most of the year, but, uh, you know, she's always been the person that I've dealt with. So, yeah. And, and I, I run into Roger quite a bit. And it's not to say that he's not involved in the racetrack. Roger's still very much involved in the racetrack, but I think to where before it, it might've been more of just kind of Roger and Michelle running the racetrack. Now it's kind of Racine and Roger running the racetrack and Racine's kind of taking the reins and, and kind of starting to figure, uh, learn the ropes a little bit. And I, I frankly, I think she's doing a fantastic job. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, they've got as good a car counts as anywhere around and, um, They've changed some classes the last couple of years and whatnot, but uh, all their changes seem to be working. Yep, absolutely. All right, just a couple of headlines to get to uh, before we wrap up today's show. Obviously, no uh, NASCAR race this weekend with it being Father's Day. We're taking the weekend off, but I wanted to talk about Matthew Riggins or Matthew Riggs. Uh, I'd never heard of this guy, but he over the last uh, day or so on social media, he's absolutely exploded because his truck trailer and race car were stolen i believe they're out of oklahoma and where fans kind of caught on to this was that the dog was in the truck when it was stolen and as of uh looks like early um wednesday morning the race car trailer and dog have been returned the truck is still uh mia but uh they said uh, in a statement at least we got our dog back the truck can be replaced. Well, yeah, I saw somebody, I saw that uh, article and I saw somebody made a comment in there. That's a smart dog knowing where the boss is going to come. And he, the yeah, dog was sitting in the race car. I, yeah, I assume that the thieves just dump, they're like, okay, we got the truck. That's probably the easiest thing that we can, we can fence. We can get rid of the truck easy. This truck, this, this race car and trailer, we don't need it. So they dumped the trailer in the race car and left the dog in the, in the race car and the dog stayed in the race car until it was found. Yep. That's a great, that's a great dog. I mean, that's so smart. How many dogs would have got out and just started exploring the area. And then in 10 minutes would have been a mile down the road. Uh, I don't know. I mean, just depending on how bad the actual trauma was, you know, he obviously had no idea who was doing what to him, you yeah. know? So, you know, I mean, my goofy cat, who the hell knows what he would have done. Who knows what buddy would have done. Yeah. The only other story. Mouse today, and he ate it. Oh, you got well, it. Got feed him a little more. Pieces around, stinking in a few days. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to get it away. When I was chasing him around the apartment and throwing stuff at him. Well, at first, when I saw him playing, I thought he was playing with his little catnip mouse because he started yeah. playing with that like crazy this last week. <laughs> and then I happened to notice it's on the floor on the other side of the room. He must have been training. Could be <laughs> play with the catnip mouse. That's <laughs> what I thought he was doing. He was batting it around like stuff, and then I saw the other mouse. I'm going, oh, "Crap, that's a real one!" You know, <laughs> then I was trying to get it away from him, and you know, I threw a box over it, and he just knocked the box, and then grabbed it again and took off in under the bed. And so I was getting him out from under the bed, and then he stopped and was gnawing on it. And I thought, oh. "Man, yeah, that's going to be great later." 
Well, the yeah. only other news story I wanted to talk about was NASCAR explains their decision process behind penalizing Tyler Reddick at Sonoma. Uh, if you didn't catch the race, which Dirk and I only caught parts of it, but I did happen to see either the replay of this or the recap of this, but Tyler Reddick, as he was coming out of the, uh, the hairpin turn, I think it was turn 11, uh, ended up blowing a tire. And as you're entering turn 11, you, you've either got the option of going down pit lane or going to, into turn 11. As he was exiting, he blew a tire. So he decided to cut across this little island area, go into the pits, get his tire fixed, and then head back out on the racetrack. And while NASCAR praises, says thank you for not taking the nearly two-mile trip around the road course with a flat tire and throwing debris everywhere, uh, they still had to penalize him because in their opinion, they said, obviously, it it's a time and distance change in the race. So, yes, he did go down pit road and got his tire changed. But when he came back out well ahead of what he would have had, he had to go around the racetrack. So they inevitably decided they needed to penalize him. And of course, he broke a rule says you cannot cut the road course short in order to benefit yourself. So that's it they ended up having to force a enforce a rule that was in there. And when you look at it on the surface, I kind of looked at it and I'm like, well, yeah, but the guy just, he basically did NASCAR a favor by not spreading debris all over the racetrack and bringing out of the caution. They were able to stay green, but I see NASCAR's side of it where he took advantage of cutting the racetrack short. Oh yeah. Especially, um, uh, especially, and again, I haven't seen any video of it or not. Did he turn into that, uh, empty spot to the right right away or did he like go past the start finish line and then turn oh I can't answer that I feel like it was before the start finish line you know I'm going to assume it was if he blew the tire right at the hairpin yeah you know it was just as he came out because it because there's that straightaway for a little bit and then you curve to the left and you go a little ways down the track and then you cross the start finish line right right yeah it's a couple hundred yards from the hairpin so I, I think that he cut it right at the hairpin and he, he was basically able to just turn right into pet entry. If that helps you any, well, he would have had to cross the track. I believe he did. Yeah. He, well, he'd have to. Yeah. If he turned, if he turned right, if he kept, if he just basically made a one eighty into a, a two seventy or a three sixty at the hairpin, then he would have been, he would have had to cross the track because the pits are on the, on the other side of the track. Yeah. So, so it, it's kind but of one he, of those deals that start finish line, then he would have cheated a whole bunch of a lap. You know, he would have yeah. drove an eighth of a mile instead of two miles. Yeah. So inevitably NASCAR had to penalize him. I think they made him do a pass through penalty and then allowed him to go back on the track. So um, just kind of one of those deals that I, I felt like it was kind of important to kind of talk about that a little bit. Cause on the surface, like I said, you could look at it and say, yeah, but he helped NASCAR out, but he broke a rule and, and it really ended up benefiting him. Cause if, he would have blown that tire two, 300 yards farther where he wasn't able to cut the track short. He'd have had to go around and he'd have lost all that time. So it was kind of one of those deals where they're like, he really benefited from cutting the track short. And while NASCAR did too, they still had to enforce a penalty. Well, I wondered if he, if he would have done it, you know, a couple hundred yards later, if he could have run down on the left side of the track and just back down a pit road exit. Mm. Wonder what NASCAR would have done on that one. <laughs> yeah. But all right. I think that's all I got. You got any other headlines? No, not right off the top of my head. Just reading more stupid stuff with these NASCAR people since they've come out. Um, evidently, they did an interview with Chase Elliott there at Sonoma about his one-week suspension and stuff like that. 
and uh, people are back to comparing it to so many other incidences that they're, you know, everybody's showing videos of like the one at Gateway in the Bush race 15 years ago of Carl Edwards and Brad Kozlowski and Carl put Brad into the fence coming out of turn four for the checkers. And, you know, that's what these people don't look at. They don't look at the deal with Chase and Denny Hamlin was less than halfway into the race. And Brad Keselowski and Carl Edwards are coming to the checkers. Yeah. If Chase and Hamlin would have been coming to the checkers, that would never been a suspension. Yeah. Never would have been. Yeah. It's, but it's not that it wasn't halfway through the race. You know, a little bit different deal. Yeah, I think I agree. And NASCAR has kind of taken a little bit more of a stance of uh, if if you do something like that, we are going to penalize you. They've they've got a history of doing it over the last. There's, I guess, the legal term would be there's precedence now. While they yeah. didn't do it 15 years ago, they did it a year ago. But they also didn't. It also wasn't on a white flag lap. Deal, it, exactly. Know. It wasn't a battle for the win. It wasn't. Yeah. Exactly. You know, which is probably why Hamlin didn't get in any trouble at Kansas, even though he didn't right rear Kyle Larson. He still stuffed him in the wall, but it was on the white flag lap. Yeah, it was a battle for the win. So, all right, guys, uh, like we always encourage, get out to the racetrack and uh, support your local racing. If you can't get out to the track, make sure you support a streaming service that gives back to the racetracks. But uh, trailer races this Saturday at Eagle Raceway. I'm excited to see how this rolls out. Uh, I want to see everybody out at the racetrack and uh, in supporting your local track. So get out there, spend a little bit of money, and uh, have a good time out at the racetrack. Yeah, uh, I got one more thing real quick, Dan. Oh, I yeah, want go to ahead. thank everybody that uh, stopped out this past weekend and paid respects to my mom. You know, there were some racers come out. You came out, fans, longtime friends. So, yeah, yeah I really appreciate all the support. I know my brother did, too. Yeah, it was good to finally meet your uh, your brother Brett and uh, see some of the family. I just wish I hadn't have done it in those uh, that situation. So totally understand. All righty, guys, that's going to do it for us today. Get out to Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs for all the great indoor kart racing. Head over to Quaker Steak and Lube Council Bluffs uh, for all the great food, sights, sounds, and smells. Big thanks to Rick Havenridge of Wealth Partners. Find out what Rick can do for you today. RickHavenridgeAdvice.com. And if you need any technical support or computer repair, give me a call today, 402-659-5641. For Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. This has been the Front Stretch presented by Joe's Carding. We all have that coworker that runs their mouth off at how great they are. They shot a five under par, 95 mile an hour fastball, bench press 375, brah. Wouldn't you love to shut them up by schooling them at Joe's Karting? Council Bluffs premier indoor karting track, professionally designed so each corner is your opportunity to embarrass your coworker. Call Buddy for your next company outing at 712-256-5278. Joe's Karting, white knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue next to AMC 17. Quaker Steak and Lube in Council Bluffs continues to offer the best wings, burgers, and steaks seven days a week, along with great daily specials. Mondays are Kids Night, where kids eat for just 99 cents with the purchase of an adult entree. Tuesdays is All You Can Eat Wings Night for just $17. Enjoy a half rack of baby back ribs for just $13.50 on Wednesdays, and you choose on Thursdays for just $12. You can pick between 15 fried shrimp, a pickup cheeseburger, 15 breaded wings, or six boneless wings. Check out Quaker Steak and Lube in Council Bluffs on Facebook for all their daily specials. Get too quick to steak and lube.